Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Hey, let's dive into the word um, that God has for us today. And hey, I'm just excited to be here. Um, I was, like I said, I was in Florida. And uh, Tuesday, um, remember this flu bug that's it's still going around our city. A lot of people are still out sick today. And I prayed that none of us would get it. Well, guess what? I got it. And uh, Tuesday in Florida, supposed to fly home. How many know you don't fly when you're sick? And uh, so um, got stuck in a hotel um, in Florida. It was not a pleasure uh, experience. You're like, people are like, oh, you got stuck in Florida. No, in a hotel room by yourself, sick is not the fun place to be. And uh, so my prayer today is that you just pray for me, that I make it through this. But if you see me run off the stage, you know why. All right? Just letting you know. But anyway, but I believe as people, we have a tendency to choose paths that don't always lead us in the direction that we want to go. For far too many of us, our decision-making, we lean hard on our intentions and our desires And yet we pay very little attention to the path that we are on. And if you don't really catch anything today, I want you to capture this right here. So many of us, we fail to connect the dots between the choices we make. Or let me say it this way. We fail to connect the dots between the paths that we are on and the outcomes we experience. We think our choices sometimes don't impact the outcome. There's a great story that illustrates this in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 7, that's really where we're going to hang out today. I've got a couple other verses, but if you just kind of want to flip open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 7, or you want to open it up in the Bible app, you can go there. Proverbs chapter 7 is where we're going to kind of hang out today. And Solomon, what happens here is he's describing something that he is viewing from the vantage point of his upstairs window. And this story provides us, it it paints this picture, and it gives us insight into our tendencies to disconnect direction from destination. When you read this story, this is a story about a young man who is going to visit a prostitute. This message today is not aimed at men that want to go and visit prostitutes, all right? This message is for every single person in this room who chooses a path, who gets on a road and starts walking down that road. This message is for all of us in this room today. Let's begin to look at it. We're going to pick it up in verse 6. This is Solomon speaking. He says, At the window of my house I looked down through the lattice. And he says, I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, A youth who had no sense. Any of you know anybody like that? Raise your hand high. Every parent probably is raising their hand. Check this out. Solomon looks out his window, and he sees a kid. We don't know how old the kid was. We don't know the child's name. We don't really know anything about him. But other than the fact, what we see from Scripture is this young man was simple, and he lacked sense. Another translation says he was naive. So when I read this, I picture a a young man, a teenager, or I picture a 20-year-old man or a 30-year-old man. or a, I just picture a man that is simple and lacks 
judgment at times. But anyway, um, this is a young man who has some raging hormones going on right now is what we have happening. Verse 8 and 9. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night is setting in. Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to see what's getting ready to happen in this story. One translation tells us that this young man lacked judgment. So what we have here is this young man who's naive, who's simple, whose hormones are out of control, who lacks judgment, and he's cruising the streets at sunset. How many of you remember the movie Jaws? How many of you remember that? Raise your hand high if you remember the movie Jaws. Let's show our age, the movie Jaws. How many of you remember the sound that would be playing when Jaws was getting ready to attack? Can you give it to me? There we go. So when I read the Bible, this is the sound I hear when I read about this young man. Dunna, dunna, dunna. It's like somebody is getting ready to get destroyed. And I, I don't know. That's a comical thought, but I honestly hope that the next time you get ready to choose a path, that God doesn't want you to go down. You hear. Dunna. I hope you hear that, and I hope you, like, let's just pull out all the movies and you run for us, run. I hope you just get away from there. So back to Solomon. Solomon sees what's happening. He knows what's happening. Solomon can read the signs, and he knows that probably what's happening is this young man is just out looking for a a night, a night of passion, one night, a one-night stand, a moment that is disconnected from the rest of his life. This is just a night. This is just a moment. But Solomon knows that this is not just a night. Solomon knows that this is not just a moment that would be disconnected from all the other events of this young man's life. Solomon knew that this was a step down a path. A path that would lead somewhere. Listen to me today. All paths that you choose lead somewhere. And what I want to do today is using Proverbs chapter 7 as our guide. I want to show you some truths about a dead man walking. Or for those of you that like the walking dead, you can think of it that way. Because that's what this young man was. And honestly, if a lot of us don't get off the paths that we're on, that's where we'll find ourselves dead men walking. And my hope today is to wake you up. And to get you off the path that you're currently on and get you onto a path that leads to life. And so what I want to do is I want to give you three quick thoughts about this path. Number one, this will sound a little bit similar to week one, but this one right here. The road you are on always determines where you will end up. The road you are on always determines where you will end up. Now I'm not saying you can't get off the path. I'm not saying you can't get off the road that you're currently on, but the road that you are on, if you don't get off of it, it will determine where you will end up. Every road has a destination. All our choices in life are a step down a path, and we may think there are no consequences with our choices, but listen to me today. There are consequences with every single choice you make. 
There are consequences with every single path that you take in life, be it good or be it bad. There are consequences with the choices we make in life. Let's look back at our story, verse 10. Then out come a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with a crafty intent. Verse 11, she is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. I want you to see this story that Solomon is painting. Solomon was a man who had made his fair share of mistakes in this area of his life. And Solomon knew that this woman was dangerous. And Solomon could see from his vantage point of his upstairs window in what is probably the case is Solomon, in essence, had probably seen this woman do this to other men. Possibly she had done it to him. And so there's some experience here. Solomon could see some things this young man couldn't see. And I want you to listen to me today and I want you to hear this. All of us have people in our lives that can see things that we can't see. For me, most often, that's my wife. She sees things that oftentimes I can't see. She sees it in people. She sees it in intentions. She sees it in my desires and my motives. She's like, Chad, I don't think that's the smartest choice for us. Or, Chad, I don't know that that's God really speaking to you. You see, sometimes in life, our judgment is clouded by our emotions. Sometimes in life, our judgment is clouded by our desires or by our feelings. But other people that are looking things from a different vantage point can see things that we can't see. They're, they're not, their judgment for this particular moment is not clouded by their emotions or their feelings or their desires. And listen to me, if we're going to live a life of being all in in 2020 and beyond, if we're going to be all that God has called us to be, listen to me, one of the first things we're going to have to have in our lives is people that see things that we can't see. We're going to have to have people in our lives that say, I don't think that's God. We're going to have to have wise voices in our lives that are going to be willing to speak to us. But not only do we need to put people in our lives that are wise, we need to listen to them. We need to hear what they have to say. We need to pay attention. So let's look back to our story, verse 13. She took a hold of him, and she kissed him, and with a brazen face, listen to what she says, Today I have fulfilled my vows, and I have, my, and I have food for my fellowship offering at my home. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you, and I found you. Let me explain to you. This is one of those, you're like, what is she talking about here? Let me explain What's happening here? When this woman comes out to this young man and she says she has fellowship offerings at her homes, she's really, in essence, trying to justify herself. She's saying to him, I'm not a harlot. I'm not a hooker. I'm not a prostitute. She's saying, I have plenty of money at home. I don't need your money. I want you. I just need you to meet a need that my husband's not meeting. She's also implying, and this is a big deal, and this is what I want you to catch today, She's also implying that she's been to the temple. And in essence, what she's saying is she says, I've taken my sin bucket and I've dumped it out. I've made peace. 
She's saying, I'm ready to fill my bucket back up with you. She's saying, I've taken my sin bucket, I've dumped it out, and everything's squared away with God. I'm good right now. I'm clean. I'm innocent. And now I want to get busy with you. And you think, this might sound extreme, but listen to me today. Here's what I want you to catch. Her version of religion is not too far removed from our approach. Catholics go to a confessional booth, and they dump out their sin in a confessional booth, and they walk out of that booth, and they pick it up, and they leave off where they left the next day, ready to fill that bucket back up again. Protestants, we say, well, why do Catholics do it that way? Well, Protestants, we do the same thing. We just skip the confessional booth, and we go straight to the source. We go straight to Jesus, and we dump out our sin bucket. We say a prayer that sounds like something like this, Dear God, forgive me of my sins. And he cleans us. We dump it out, but we have every intention of going and doing the sin again. You hear me? This isn't the easiest message. This isn't something all of us want to hear. But this is what we do. We ask God to forgive us. And we're hoping that God will take out his big eraser and wipe our slate clean. And guess that's what, that is what God does. When we ask him to forgive us, the Bible tells us he is faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us of all of our sins. But I think this model of Christianity, this mindset is incorrect and it's wrong. Because we don't have this, live this Christian life simply to seek forgiveness to do it again. That's the second thing I want to talk to you about today. We are quick to ask for forgiveness, but slow to repent and walk away from our sin. I sinned, but I plan on doing it again. We're quick to ask for forgiveness. Why? Because we like the benefit. What's the benefit? Well, I get to go to heaven one day. But see, listen to me today. When all we think about is forgiveness, and I want to talk to you. I want you to hear me today. When all we want to think about is forgiveness, we get the best of both worlds. We get to get our sins forgiven, but we also get to play with sin. Because we're not really seeking repentance. We're just asking to have our slate wiped clean. We just want to feel better about ourselves today so I can do what I want to do again tomorrow. We're quick to ask for forgiveness, but we're slow to repent and walk away from our sin. And as I said, this model of Christianity is wrong. This is not how God designed us or wired us or created us. 2 Corinthians 7, 9 through 10 paints the picture of what God is looking for. Now, this is Paul speaking, I'm overjoyed. Not because I made you sad, but listen, but because your grief led you to a deep repentance. When we sin, when we choose the wrong path, and we go down that path, and we realize we've made a mistake, we don't simply say, forgive us, but I intend to do this again. No, what we don't want to do is we want to repent, and we want to get off that road and change direction. Repentance means we change. Repentance is not, I'm going to keep going down the same path. Repentance is a complete change of direction. 
I'm going down a different path. I'm choosing a different road. Does that mean I'm not going to make mistakes in the future? No, I'm going to make mistakes, but hopefully it's on a different path. Hopefully I don't just keep going down the same path. So Paul's speaking here. He says, now I'm overjoyed, not because I made you sad, but because your grief led to deep repentance. You experienced godly sorrow as God intended. Listen, when you sin, God wants you to experience sorrow. Now, Romans tells us there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. God doesn't want you to feel condemned when you sin. God doesn't want you to feel shame when you sin. He wants you to feel sorrow that I sinned and I hurt God. Conviction from the Holy Spirit, right? You experienced godly sorrow as God intended it, and it brought about a gain for you, not a loss. Listen to me today. Somebody needs to hear this. Somebody's dealing with this. When you are going down a path and you sin and you make a choice and then you feel guilt or, or conviction or condemnation or even shame, you can have this wrestling match between the two. If you have godly sorrow and it causes you to repent, it leads to great gain. I'm changing direction, and I'm moving in the direction of God. But too many of us, when we sin, we make choices. We sin. The enemy comes and condemns us. And what happens with us is we have what I call like the Adam and Eve syndrome. What happened there? Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis. And Genesis chapter 3 tells us now they're hiding. Why? Because they're experiencing shame. They're hiding from God. That's what the enemy does. When you sin and you don't experience godly sorrow and turn it back to God, you experience condemnation, you experience shame, and it makes you want to run and hide from God. And that's not God's intentions. When we sin, if we have godly sorrow and we repent of that sin, God, I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm not just dumping out my sin bucket, intending to do it again tomorrow. But God, I really want to change. Then God says there's great gain. Is anybody getting this today? Are you, are you getting something today? I'm, I'm on, honestly asking. I'm hoping this is teaching you today because this is something I've wrestled with my whole life. This is something I've wrestled with. I, I, I sometimes think that God is angry at me when I sin and I feel, convic I feel condemnation and shame. No, listen, we make mistakes. We mess up, we fall short, but if we repent of that sin without the intention of doing it again, God is faithful and just to forgive us, and Paul tells us there's great gain when we have godly sorrow. Look at verse 10, though. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to what? That leads to what? What's it lead to? What does repentance lead to? Victory. Some of us, we prayed earlier today, some of us are struggling to walk in victory. I wonder if we're walking with repentance. Repentance. This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. Forgiveness is one thing, and forgiveness is necessary. I need to be forgiven. Without forgiveness, there's no hope of eternity with Jesus. I need forgiveness, but forgiveness comes from Him. My part is repentance. I can't just say, forgive me. 
I've got to say, forgive me, but I also don't want to keep doing this. Repentance is essential if we're going to go all in. Let's pick back up our story. Verse 16. Anybody getting anything out of this today? Not bad when you're sick and the Lord kind of has you on a bed and you get to write a little bit. But anyway, verse 16. I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Verse 19, my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money, and he will not be home till full moon. This pretty much settles it for this young man. Nobody's there. Nobody's going to catch me. Solomon can yell and scream and holler, run! The disconnect has already taken place. And for many of you in this room today, here's kind of what I feel. Like some of you, you're not listening to the warnings. You're just continuing down the path. Can I tell you, you're headed down the wrong path. You're living life in the wrong direction, but you won't hear, you won't listen. That's what's happening in this young man's life. Verse 21 and verse 22. This is Solomon speaking again. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. But listen to verse 22. It's getting ready to get real in this room. And verse 22. And all at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter. I want you to hear these words of wisdom from Solomon here. I want you to understand the depth of our sin, the depths of when we choose to go down the wrong paths. I want you to hear this today. Like an ox being led to the slaughter. Wait a minute, Solomon. Don't you think you're being a little bit extreme here? And isn't this a little extreme? I mean, it's just one night. It's just a few steps down this path. If really, is it really going to matter? Is it really going to mean anything? It's just one night, Solomon. It's not an ox being led to a slaughter. I mean, don't you think it's maybe a little bit more like a celebrity heading into a nightclub? It's not an ox being led to a slaughter. So Solomon continues, okay. It's like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver or like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Solomon's like, hey, okay, in case you didn't catch the ox being led to the slaughter part, how about this? How about a deer being caught in a trap and being pierced with an arrow? Okay, that doesn't do it for you. How about a bird being caught in a snare until it loses its life? Solomon's point in this is it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you your life. You're throwing away your, your future. You're, you're throwing away so many things. And many of us, when we hear advice like this from a parent or a friend, or when you hear your pastor standing on a stage and talking to you about this, oftentimes we blow it off. We don't listen. You don't know what you're talking about. You're too religious. You're too caught up in this God stuff. You're a holier than thou. You just don't want me to have fun. I have needs. I have desires. In fact, everyone's doing it. It's not that big of a deal. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm not an ox. I'm not a deer. I'm not a bird. I'm just a person that has needs. I'm just a person that has desires. And God wants me to have the desires of my heart. So this isn't a big deal. This isn't a path. This is just an event. This is just a moment. This is just one night. No, this is something that is going to destroy you. 
Are you hearing me? This is a path. And Solomon kept coming. And to somebody today, I want to keep coming. To a young man, to a young woman, to a dad, to a mom. I want you to understand the urgency of the path that you are on right now. I'm not talking about just sexual paths. I'm talking some of you are on a financial path right now. That if you don't get off that path, you already know that God has told you you're on the wrong path. If you don't get off that path, it's not only going to destroy you, but it's going to destroy your family. Some of you are on a path right now spiritually. And you think you're okay listen if you don't get off that path it is going to destroy you this isn't one night this isn't just an event you're an ox being led to the slaughter the only problem is you don't know it can I be the voice of reason today until you wake up look at verse 24 Now then, my son, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. This is Solomon now speaking. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her path. Let me be that voice of reason today saying, don't get on that path. Stay off that road. This is not just an event. This is a path. It's going to lead you somewhere. Verse 26, listen to this. Many, everybody say that word with me, say many. Say it again, say many. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Many are the victims of this path. Many. Solomon was saying this isn't a one-time unique experience for you, young man. He's saying many people have been in her bed. Many people have been down this path. And to all of you in this room today, I say many people have been down the path that you were on. And many people have lost everything or have had to make a U-turn because of the path they are on. Many. Verse 27. It's just getting, it's just getting more intense. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I just know I'm talking to somebody who's on a path. And today I want to rescue and get you off this path. Third truth I want you to catch today is this. If you aren't staying connected to God, I want you to hear me. If you aren't all in, if we're living for ourselves, if we're too busy For God, Psalm 119, Psalm 119 tells us, how can a young person live a clean life? Listen to this, by carefully reading the map, we're in a series called Roadmap, by carefully reading the map of his word. If we aren't staying connected to God, if we aren't staying connected to his word, if we aren't living in the word and letting it guide us, listen to me, you will find yourself down the wrong path. And number three, we have a tendency for choosing paths that do not lead us in the direction we want to go. What do I mean by that? I am born a sinner. My natural desire, you know what my natural desire is? Is to choose paths that lead me away from God. That's my natural desire. That's how the enemy has come in and done that. But if I stay close to God, my tendencies begin to swing towards wanting to do what God wants me to do. This young man took a path that led him where he wanted to go for one night, but is going to lead him where he didn't want to go forever. The Bible tells us sin is fun for a season. 
but it doesn't last. What path are you on? The paths you choose will eventually lead you to a destination that is currently different from the one you hope for. Listen to me today. Life is full of pathways, and they all lead somewhere. The question I have for you today, I want you to write this down. Where is the path that you're currently on leading you? Where is the path that you're currently on leading you? Where is it leading your spouse? Did you know that the path you're on affects your spouse? Where is it leading your kids? Where is it leading your friends? Where is it leading your company? Where are you headed? And I close with this thought. Number four, choosing the wrong path in life will cost you. Choosing the wrong path in life will cost you. Proverbs 14, 12, there's a path before each person that seems right, but in the end, it's death. There's a path that seems right, but in the end, it's death. Choosing the wrong path in life will cost you. The question is, how much? How much are you willing to pay to continue down that path? What will it cost you? What will it cost your relationships? Will it cost you a friendship? Will it cost you a marriage? What will it cost you? What will it cost you financially? Will it set you back a few weeks? Will it set you back a few months? Will you declare bankruptcy? Will it cost you your career? What will it cost you? What will it cost you physically? What will it cost you spiritually? Or worse, what will it cost you eternally? Choosing the wrong path in life will cost you. I wonder today, hear me when I say this, are you willing to pay the price that it requires for a path that you only think is temporary? Let me say it again. Are you willing to pay the price this is going to cost you for a path that you only think is temporary? I want you to consider your path right now. Are you on the right path? Are you all in for God? Or are you a dead man walking? Are you a dead man walking. Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.